Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. We're going to meet an, a fellow recipient of the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service uh, at an organisation called Dudley Voices for Choice. And its chief officer, Sarah Offley, and co-worker Cameron Richards join me in the studio now. So let's find out about Dudley Voices for Choices and what they do. Hello, both. Hello. Thank you very much for coming in. Um, first of all, Sarah, let's start with you. What is Dudley Voices for Choice? Um, so we're a charity that supports people um, with learning disabilities and autism to speak up for themselves and be a part of the local communities. Okay, that sounds good. Now, Cameron, what's your involvement? I work with people as well that have learning disabilities and I collect as much information as I can from them and just give general support. Excellent. Now, you started off as a volunteer, though, didn't you? Yep, but, yeah, I did, and it was fun. Um, I collected as much data as I could and just did computer work to start with, but as, as I grew older, I was able to help more and talk to people more. Good. And obviously that then led you to, to having play, paid employment. Indeed it did. Excellent. Um, how long has the organisation been going? So, uh, officially, it's probably coming up for 20 years now, so we've been a charity since 2015. We've been an independent mm. charity, but we were running before that and we were supported by the local council to do that, so... And of course you promote self-advocacy. How do you go about doing that? Shadow people. Get mm. people to speak up, build up self-confidence, build up people's self-esteem and just be around for people if they need support. But it's also, it's also about um, getting people to listen as well and to take people's voices as, as, for the value that they, they actually offer. So Sure. Now Cameron, tell me a little bit more about your work and what you do. The, the way I work is I send emails out to different companies and see which ones are willing to speak out and are willing to get their voices heard. I, for example, I went to a company and they told me that the buses couldn't get to them and I help just, not just for I help decide what can physically be done and what can't be done and I put that forward and see what, and see what can be done. And it's all about, as you say, building those relationships and, and, and building those bridges, if you like. And trust as well. Yeah, that's important. One to one have trust with the organisations that we work with. Sarah, how do you involve the, the organisation and employment for people with learning disabilities and, and sort of how do you help them? So we, we, we do lots of different things around employment. One, we show the value of having people with learning disabilities and autism within employment. We're a multi we're an inclusive team, I hope. I think we are. <laughs> sure, yeah, we are. <laughs> um, and we just show that actually everybody's got something to offer and everybody's got a purpose. And given the right opportunities, people can do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it. So it's, it's, all, it's all about that. It's about rights, and empowerment, I would say. Yes. Yeah, and it's about just saying to somebody, it's okay, speak up. Mm. It's okay. And this is a safe environment for you to do it, and we're going to support you in whichever way we can get you to get your voices heard. Apart from paid employment, Cameron, how did this change your life? I've helped young people with disabilities the majority of my life. Since I was 11, I've been in the youth club industry. So it's helped me gain more education. Not, that, not education, gain, gain more information about disabilities and how I could support them. Because from a young age, being with a disability isn't fun. It, it's never easy. 
So helping with DVC gives me the opportunity to empower other people that I have. The way I, the way I like to see it is other people might speak. We're just the mega, we're just the speakers. Mm-hmm. We're just speakers or megaphone just to get them to listen. That's a great. That's a great, great quote. Actually, that's exactly what it is. We're the megaphones. People are standing behind the megaphones, and we just amplify the voices. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what was it like for you growing up, Cameron? It wasn't an easy thing. I always got bullied for height and disabilities. People, because of my height, no one felt confident enough to come at... How tall are you? Because you're taller than me and I'm tall. Six foot six, six foot seven. Yes, you're a lot taller than me. (laughs) (laughs) People always try to use, like, common names. And I've grown up with that that much in secondary school and college. I always go, okay, what's what's the new material that you got? Mm -hmm. I've grown such a hard skin, but I know other people don't. Other people have had... Are so scared of what people think of them, especially with nowadays. It's all about the imagery, 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 imagery. If you don't have the, if you don't qualify as being normal, we're not going to allow you to become become employment. Mm. And that's why the DVC was able to help me and get and give me paid employment. Sure, Sarah, how are you funded? We're, we're funded by lots of different things. So, um, we have some local authority funding. We have some funding from. Uh, CCG so it's project based our work is so mm. we have lots and lots of different people fund us for lots of different bespoke projects and we also had um, a grant a couple of years ago from the National Lottery for the project that Cam's working on which is um, a self-advocacy network right across the West Midlands um, so we were fortunate enough to get that money which meant that we could employ 10 people with learning disabilities to actually go out and be consultants in That's their own super, community really. mm. Um, and Cam's a great advocate and one of the one of the link workers, aren't you? And mm-hmm. to yes. be able to see people grow, sure, with with employment, is, it's just amazing. And Cam's gone from I wouldn't say a shy boy, but it was a lot shyer than when he came when mm-hmm. he first came to to just really is uh, one of the best members of my team. Yeah, and to have that confidence as well, that's important, isn't it? Mm. And and greater self esteem. I think. I won't say being bullied helped me, but being bullied gave me the conf- gave me that hidden confidence mm-hmm. where it gave me the confidence to say, okay, you've done this, what's the next step? I can't do anything, then let me step forward. I think as well, if I can interrupt, it gave you great insight into other people's lives. Mm. So you, you're really quite a caring, um, empathetic person, aren't you? And you, you spend a lot of time making sure that people are okay and that they feel comfortable mm. and that mm. they are heard, so... With with the work I with work we do with South Africa, some people have told me stories, and because I'm so empathetic, it makes me angry. Is the best is the best way to determine it, and mm-hmm. it ain't good. But it's that bit of okay. I know I know what you've done. How can we help you move forward from mm-hmm. this? And how mm-hmm. can your your information, if you allow us, how can we use your path to empower the people sure. of the next yeah. generation? Now, you, as you were saying, you were bullied uh, when you were younger. I'm not, I don't want to dwell on that particularly, but what would you say to those bullies who were, who, if I could bring them in here now, and they they can see that you've got a job, you know, you, you're going places in your life. What would you say to them? Round two, fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think brilliant. I, I think anybody that sees you now from six years ago, well, mm. if they haven't got pride in you, then then it's just not. Mm. 
Absolutely. Sarah, now you're involved with training. Um, and, who, you know, do you train people or organisations? How does that work? Well, we'll train anybody that'll listen to us. Mm. Absolutely anybody that'll listen to us. So um, we've tra- we regularly train Dudley Group of Hospital nurses, doctors. Um, we've got a regular spot with Wolverhampton University and Birmingham University and University of Birmingham. I have to mention them all. Um, so we work with the student, the learning disability teams over there. Um, when we say training, I don't train, I chauffeur. People like Cam and people with lived experience actually come and deliver that mm-hmm. training. Mm-hmm. Um, so people f- get first-hand experience of actually meeting and being with and having the opportunity to question and ask a person with a learning disability the best way to do whatever it is that mm-hmm. they're doing um so yeah we're really lucky we've we've done quite a lot of training with lots of different agencies and how has that training been received fantastically we've only ever had one negative feedback and that was we didn't want biscuits we wanted bacon butties so that's the only negative feedback we've ever had i don't think that's the priority do you <laughs> well i'll take le- that as the negative feedback yeah, I'm say that it's, it's the it, you know it's the learning material that's key yes. never mind biscuits yeah. or i think i think the one thing that we can guarantee with our training is it's bespoke mm. and it doesn't matter if we do the same training session twice in one day you never get the same training session because a lot of it is ad-lib a lot of it is just conversations with people um so and also responding to people's questions. People will fire questions at you and then you can tailor your response, I guess, to what they're asking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the Easy Read project. So, Easy Read is one of my passions. Right. Um, it's about making information clear for people to understand. So, one of the, one of the biggest things, uh, one of the things we come across is people... Um, are asked to make decisions and they have no information to make that decision. So informed decision making. Now one of the things that we do at DVC is we take quite complex information and make it clearer for the individual. So easy read is about taking out all the fanciness and all the all the flowery language and just being very much to the point, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a bullet point. Um, but you also, with, with some aspects of Easy Read, you'll add pictures as kind of like little tips as to what the conversation's about. But um, Easy Read is used a lot for people with learning disabilities, but it's great for people whose English is a second language. There's lots of uses for it. And to be honest, for professionals as well, because Easy Read is the quickest way to find out what a 95-page document's about mm. Mm. and just going through the bullet points. Um I mean, how, how difficult is it to um, to train people where English isn't their first language? What provisions do you have there? Very difficult. We've got a multilingual team, so we're quite lucky. Um, I've got uh, three three different workers that speak different languages. Um, we also do sign language, don't we? We've done a bit of uh, mm-hmm. Makaton. So we use Makaton and because people with learning disabilities have such different communication needs that actually we're always looking and learning different ways to have conversations and 90% of our conversations are not using words, are they really? Mm -hmm. It's using pictures, it's using tools, it's using lots of... Sticky pads. Sticky pads, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Lots of different tools. Yeah, sure. Now you're a fellow Queen's Award for Voluntary Service recipient like us. When did you first find out that you'd been shortlisted? Because I guess you had to keep that under wraps, didn't you? Do you want to go? 
So we were we were really bad we was. I mean we found out in two thousand because we were 2020 recipients, but because of oh, COVID, yes, of course we were. got moved on to the next year. So um, we knew at the beginning of the year, but we wasn't allowed to tell anybody no. until it was announced. And that was horrendous for me, absolutely horrendous, because I couldn't tell anybody. Um, and you can be really bad secret sometimes. I am really bad at keeping <laughs> when I'm When I'm excited, I do get really bad. Brilliant. I am really bad, aren't I? Um, so that was really... A lot of the guys didn't find out until quite literally the day that we won the award mm. when it hit the newspapers um, because I couldn't risk it. Couldn't no. risk it. No, and the can't. only person that knew was my mum. Mm. Because I had to tell somebody. Yeah. Well, if you can't tell your <laughs> mum, can you tell? No, exactly. <laughs> but so, what, do, what does it mean to you, to uh, as a charity, to receive this award? Let's start with you, Cameron. It's a boon. It, it makes us more known to the wider wider audience. If, now that we've won this award, it's just playing a beacon and or a target, depending on the organisation on our back, saying we're here, we're we're loud and proud. If you want to try and take us down, give you your best shot. We're still going. We're still kicking. Absolutely, and I also think yeah. that you know all the all the good things that you do, they've been formally recognised, mm. and that's a credit to everybody. I, I think I think it's an honour, isn't it? it? It really is an honour to to even be on the list for the Queen's Awards, but to win it was quite mm-hmm. yeah gobsmacking. <laughs> gobsmacking. <Yeah>. <laughs> it was <laughs> good. So, Cameron, what what are the, the your organisation's projects for this year? Then, what's coming up? With the ones I work with, with the Western Midlands Southampton Network, we've currently got two on the run. We're doing one with national, no, national services, um, NHS, mm-hmm. and we're doing another one based on bullying, which we know, well, I know from personal experience, it's going to be a hard one to try and cover because mm-hmm. of how sort of subject it can be. Mm-hmm. And it's making sure that we're able to cover it gentle enough that it doesn't, send anyone into a depression swallow sure. anywhere like that mm-hmm. which is my biggest concern with it mm. but that's the two we're focused on currently in the next three months we'll get together and discuss in the, the next two and so on and so forth good Winston and Pete as I said <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah what are your plans for, for the year then for the oh, organisation wow what are not my plans that'll be quicker so um, we're opening up our autism cafes in January so that's for anybody with autism um, there's going to be two sessions, 18 plus, and for children and young families and parents. So that's looking at peer support around autism um, rather than looking at formalised services. So it's just a little bit of an add-on. Um, what else are we doing? We've got some more work to do with NHS England, haven't we? And mm-hmm. some more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing, we're developing strategies with Black Country Health. Yes. So there's but, lots and lots of stuff that we're involved in. But and I bet COVID's had its challenges, though, hasn't it, in the way in which you operate? I have to say that I think we've been really lucky with COVID. Um, in and way? I So the only thing that we haven't been able to do is hug, mm. isn't it, really? Mm. And that I've missed, but we've we've just jumped on Zoom, haven't we? And the, I mean, Cameron's an absolute IT whiz, so he's taught a lot of us how to use Zoom and Teams and... Mm. You know, we've we've it's actually been a really good learning curve for us. And given um, that I was hired during the COVID, COVID pandemic as well, just, yeah. just give it a boon. Mm. 
it, it doesn't beat face to face, but we've we've kind of like just looked at it and gone right. Okay, we'll go round you. We've all had to find new ways of working, haven't yes. we? That, that, that's the thing. Yeah. So, how can we find out more about the help and support that you provide then? Facebook, mm-hmm. um, Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're absolutely crazy on Twitter. Well, I am. Um, yeah. And then we've got the website. Give your website a mention then. Yeah, Westmoreland Suffolk Network's website, which also has a easy read version of COVID, the COVID rules. Mm-hmm. If anyone yeah. doesn't sure about it, yeah. Okay. So our website, if if you just go into Google and put Dudley Voices for Choice, it's it's the top flyer. Okay. We make sure we're at the top. And if um, somebody doesn't have access to the internet, can they ring you? Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Tell me the number. Our landline number. That's mm-hmm. very old fashioned now, isn't it? Oh one three eight four two one seven. 057 01384217057 Yes Chief Officer Sarah Offley and Cameron Richards thank you both very much for talking to Friday Night Live That is your lot for this episode You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.